Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy, my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff. Text me 949-415-6256. Please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book, The Comprehensive Guide to Clinical Research. It's been selling really well, getting very well received by the community. Thank you guys so much for that. Also check out the YouTube member page. Join this channel to get perks. That's my YouTube uh, membership. It's 10 bucks a month. You get a monthly mastermind exclusively. It's a Zoom call every month with other YouTube members. Uh, You also get weekly videos exclusive to the YouTube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences. So check that out. Really means a lot to me. And thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show. Yeah, I do. All right, Guru Nation, as you can see, this is going to be a special one. I've got James Fowl. I've got Robert Goldman. James is, I've been on his podcast before, Huxley Huxley Morton podcast with Adam Walker. Um, Really good podcast, like two guys from different sides of the industry. James from the recruiting side, job recruiting, not patient recruiting. So you got to be careful when we say recruiting. Because half the people are going to think you're talking about patient recruitment, maybe more than half. Mm. Uh, so this is job recruiting, right? And then Robert Goldman, who's study, he's from the sponsor side. Like he just runs the show for right now, one small biotech. That's pretty exciting stuff in the pipelines. You could connect with Robert uh, to discuss what's going on with him. You can connect with James to discuss what's going on with them. And if you need a recruiter, I actually just got asked yesterday, can you put me in touch with some recruiters? I said, oh, I've got something <laughs> for you. Okay. So Robert and James, you guys had a conversation yesterday or last week. And you brought me in on it because you said, you know what, this would be a good podcast episode. So what was it that inspired this recording right now? You know what happened, Dan? So when I was going on vacation about three weeks ago, the end of July, I was literally on the plane on the way to vacation. And my box was just flooded on LinkedIn with all these messages. And so I was just like, I'm bored. And I went and made that post that kind of got a huge response, right? At least for me, it was huge. You know, a lot of reactions, a lot of engagement. And James, I guess, saw my post. You know, I had never conversed with James. And then he started commenting on it. And he reposted it and made an entire post kind of agreeing with, with, my, with my take on it. And, you know, him and I connected from that post. And Wait a minute. Was, okay, yeah, yeah. so James just did 
what you just explained, it seems very simple, but there's like, there's a lot behind this, guys. Mm-hmm. If you're a thirsty recruiter, I'm not saying James is, but if you're one of these thirsty recruiters in people's <laughs> inboxes, that's not the way to go about it. Because Robert exactly. gets those those pitches all the time. But what he doesn't get as much, what's more scarce, is somebody who actually takes time out of their day to comment on something and then provide real value. What you just explained is like James's business model, basically, for attracting talent, which is what good recruiters should do. But go ahead. Sorry to interrupt, but that's like... No, I mean, you're say like from, from my end, I mean, the, the, the post, I remember it almost like it was yesterday because it was kind of like, these recruiters are getting out of hand. And I I always almost love to, to post like that because look, I am a recruiter. I'm running a recruitment business. But I just almost just to go to the comment section, get the popcorn out and see what's going on. Um, <laughs> but I found that Robert was talking a lot of sense and I, I had to laugh myself because, you know, I've worked in agencies. I now run my own. And I know kind of all of the shit that goes on behind the scenes. And I kind of just said, look, I can see what's happening here. It's it's a bit of a broken system, really. But I just, you know, from then I done my own post, got a bit of feedback on on that, and and just thought, yeah, I'd be happy to jump on with you guys, Dan. I know that your network is big on kind of entry level people trying to break into the industry, and look, I can't help everyone directly. I get tons of messages myself, but sometimes knowing how the system works allows you to spin things and at least twist you know put it put it in your favor um and i you know when i was speaking to to robert uh recently i I said look i i also get bombarded by recruiters offering me jobs oh you get bombarded i'm and i'm I'm, i run my own agency already and have done for six years and i get what are they recruiting you for cra or what for (laughs) for, for kind of an entry an entry level recruiter do you want to come and run this desk recruiting for whatever it is and, and I said, one of the things I say to Robert is, I always, always now reply, yes, I'm interested. <laughs> Why? And because I, what, what, and what I explained to Robert is that a lot of recruiters, when they're doing their search, they are playing a huge, huge numbers game. So they will put in, let's say it's clinical research um, associate or clinical research coordinator. They'll put that into a Boolean search in LinkedIn and it'll bring up reels and reels and reels and reels of people. And then, you know, they are able to almost sometimes extract all that information and just email everyone at once using something like MailChimp or something, or they're able to use LinkedIn automation, which is banned, um, but just send up direct messages to all of those people like that. So LinkedIn automation, not to interrupt you, is banned, yet they continue, continue to do it. And James, I can you please just tell the Guru Nation the story about hello, Mister, give me some more money, or that 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 is just epic, and that adds that adds a lot of fuel to what James is saying, Dan, about about the fact that this automation that they consistently hundred percent use based on buzzwords are are continuing to do, even though it's banned. That that's what I, I think is so incredibly fascinating i mean they use this technology that should not be used but go ahead james uh well i, th- I think on that one robert it wasn't that wasn't actually linkedin automation software but it's oh. there's various crms and things that also software and do mail shots etc so on that occasion it was where i worked previously i was training the ceo's brother 
And he said, look, James, I know that you've said that you don't want to run a team. You don't want to do this. You just want to get on and, and do your job. And I said, look, I, I don't mind giving your brother some support. And um, he was taking on a huge client base that he had never spoken to before. So about 2,000 different contacts, like project director level people, CEOs, etc. And he was going to do an introduction uh, email with a couple of his CVs attached to it. And I showed him how it would all work and you insert mail merge tags. So like first name, last name, whatever you want, effectively. And he started to do it. And I just said, look, I'll just go like this, you know, dear Mr. You know, whatever their name is. And I just put on the template that I sent to him, dear Mr. Give me some money. Because if someone comes back and they like <laughs> one of the CVs that you've sent to them and they hire them, you could be looking at making, you know, 15, 20 grand in, um, you know, billing just like that so it's really quick really easy and you can send that to 2000 people or more in at one click of the button so he's done this but he hasn't put the mail merge in to say first name so dan robert james so this email has gone out to 2000 decision makers saying dear mr give me some money really that literally <laughs> and, is what he put in there <laughs> and, and it was just insane wow like he came in on the Monday morning and all the responses have started to flood in. And like some of these were my clients, other people's clients in the business. And everyone was like, what's, what's happened here? It's a good way and, to get responses. <laughs> so that was, that was a fun day, but you know what? It actually, in a way, again, just sometimes holding your hands up and saying, you know what, you know, I, I messed up there. Um, goes down well because I had a few CEOs who contacted me and said, James, I'm guessing this guy's in your team. <laughs> the email says this, and I was like, yeah, I kind of, I've seen that one. Um, however, what did you think of the CVs though? And they were like, yeah, look, they're amazing. Uh, we actually want to interview this person. However, maybe you should check what you're doing with your automation and, and technology side of things. So look, technology can be incredible, <laughs> but at the same time, wow. you need to make sure that you are covering your own ass with these things at times. Otherwise, it can be just I mean, who puts that? That's not a default name. You know, give me some money. Uh, <laughs> somebody, it tells you a lot about their mentality. They actually put that in there as a placeholder for themselves. So but that tells like, that gives like, you that's, insight that's into their mentality, right? How how it works. And like, like recruiters still do this all of the time. They will send out mass mail shots to mm. um, job seekers, to, to clients, um, just because it's it's easily done. And I guess... It happens because it's it it does bring results. Yeah, you know. I mean, even that like screw up almost worked for him. Like, hey, you know, the CV is actually good. Like, we can ignore mm. that. Um, so you can't almost can't blame these. This is what I was our last podcast. Me and Robert, the one that I guess inspired you to reach out to him. Oh, that was that was brilliant, by the way, guys. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, right, I didn't you. do anything. I just let Robert kind of talk about why he gets upset at these things. <laughs> I get upset slightly less. Maybe it's because I had a one stint back in college of being a, rec a job recruiter for um, mid-level fast casual dining. So like my job would be to get um, a manager from Jack in the Box to want to go to Burger King. Mm -hmm. And I never placed anyone, but I worked, I actually put like a good three months of effort into it. So I know how hard it is. And I remember one story, this lady did it, she went to, you know, she switched, 
but I didn't do what I needed to do on my end. So she just went like I goofed. I let her know who's hiring and she went directly without me to them. So like I was like, dang, that was like, you know, eight grand for me back in college. It would have been great. All, But I, I like I was too transparent with her. I said, hey, you know, they're hiring over there. You should go. Boom, she went without me. <laughs> and that was that. So, like, I have a little bit a of fine, It's a fine line, isn't it, I guess. And that's why, you know, for anyone wondering why a lot of recruiters are like, oh, I can't tell you my client, is because that's the very reason, because there's some unscrupulous job seekers right. that will go behind your back and cut you out the loop. And I, guess- I don't even think she was unscrupulous. <laughs> like, she was so excited. She just went, like, she was into it. Or, yeah, or, or unknowingly. Mm-hmm, but, again, mm-hmm. I, I think... That's it. Just comes down to communication, and like normally, if I'm speaking to someone, I just I'm happy to tell people what clients I'm working with. I just say, look, this is how I make my money. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't go, don't go approaching them um, behind my back. Do you tell <laughs> because... them? Do you tell them? And do you think? And be honest here. I don't know the answer. Do you think they have a better chance if they work with you than if they knew the employer and go on their own? It depends. Some people, and I speak to certain people, and I say, look, you know what? You you don't necessarily need a recruiter. You could approach these people directly. Your communication is amazing. You don't need me to open that door. Other people, they would just send a, a resume, and that would be the end of it, and it would go nowhere. So it all depends on the level of recruiter that you're working with, the level of your own communication. There's a few factors to, to kind of answering that one. Um, yeah. I guess normally backing myself, I, I, you know, we're we're not a massive firm, so we don't work with loads of different clients. So our client relationships are normally quite good. So mm-hmm. I can normally get feedback, even if it's informally. Look, hey, do you think that this person would be a good fit for you, for yourselves? And if it's no, I will go back and say to the person, look, I've, I've kind of casually spoken to them about your profile. There's no immediate requirements, and hey. I'm not going to lose anything. Feel free to, to reach out to them direct if you want. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can do and you know what it is? Wrong. Yeah, but also, Dan, from a candidate perspective, right? Having somebody like James who tells it like it is, and let's just call it has the stones, the balls to have a backbone and champion for you. That's the difference between a recruiter you want, champ, you know, in your corner and in somebody who's like, you know what? I'm dealing with A, B, or C, and I just don't need that support. So for me, you know, James was very transparent with me. These recruiters, and James, I'll let you give out the number because I don't want to speak on your behalf, but they get a percentage of the salary that they negotiate on your behalf. And it's pretty lucrative, Dan. I mean, I was mm-hmm. blown away by the numbers that that James was telling me on the last conversation. I can't I imagine like a CTM. If I was getting eight grand back in 05 for a, right. a, a middle manager at Jack in the Box, yeah, I can't imagine what yeah. like, CTM's going to get. Yeah, or well, even, I, you know. I'll let you guys kind of do the, the maths, but kind of a good recruiter will normally be working at billing rates of, say, 25 to 30% of someone's annual base salary, wow. right? Wow. Now, I guess, look, it doesn't take a genius to work out kind of the figures that you're looking at. And then on that, that's the billing, what you would bill. And then a, someone who's doing well as a recruiter will be taking up to 30% of that as their take-home commission. So and that is yeah, why they're normally quite, quite ruthless in a way because there's a, yeah. mo- there's, a lot, there's a lot of money on the line. 
And that's why I say you almost can't blame them because they're incentivized to not change their behavior. However, the cream rises to the top. And at least from what I've heard about James and I see what he does on LinkedIn, you know, he never spammed me once, but I know who he is. And same with Robert. Same with me. Never once did I get a spam message from James. But on the other hand, not to toot James Horn, I have a respect for him now because of the way that he just comes across. He's like, listen, I can help you. I can't help you. If not, you know, let me talk talk to people within my network. That's what I mean by networking. Mm -hmm. James may not be able to help you, but a hell of a guy to have in your network. And Robert, you're like perfect uh, to be on this because... Not only are you like a potential candidate, I mean, companies would be lucky to have you there, but you're also in charge of hiring on your end, right? That's correct, yeah. So, yeah. like, from your perspective, you work with a small biotech. Do you, if you were to get two candidates, and they're never equal, but just hypothetical experiment, like, one candidate come from a recruiter, the other one comes on their own. Does that come into consideration? Like, oh, well, this one, if I hire them, I have to pay James, you know, but this one, I don't have to pay them. Like, even though the employee is basically getting the same salary, right? At least from what I understand. And maybe we can talk about that too. But like, what do you think, Robert, just about that? You know, for me, it's all about, I have a sense of knowing if it's coming from a recruiter like James, they're vetted, right? James has had the conversation. He knows if I'm working with a, a recruiting agency, they know what I'm looking for. They've reviewed the CV. They've had preliminary discussions. Maybe they've done a background check. Maybe they've done a credential check. And that to me is invaluable. Why? It saves a ton of time on my end, right? Mm-hmm. So working in the small biotech, you know, startup biotech arena that I'm currently residing in, you know, we don't have the resources. So I'm wearing a ton of hats, right? I'm, I'm you know, wearing, I'm doing the, the job of, you know, <laughs> 10 different functional leads, right? I'm, internally, which is fine. I mean, that's, Oh, I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 you Down know. to the vendor level. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, firsthand. So, so, you know, with that in working in the environment that I'm in, you know, it, it's all about time. You know, time is money, time is saved. And having a recruiting agency like James, who's doing that pre-work for me may play into my scenario. But in a larger organization, I can see why they may not be, they may be indifferent, you know, it may not matter to them. But specifically to me, Dan, that's, that's for me, it would make a difference. I'll, I'll chip in on that one because we're a, a small business. There's 10 of us as a recruiting uh, agency. Now, when I'm hiring, which I am as well at the moment, I would prefer somebody who approached me directly because then I wouldn't have to pay the agency fees. and. I kind of know that that individual is proactive because a lot of people talk about I'm a go-getter, I go and do this, but then just kind of sit back and don't do anything when it comes to job searching. Now, again, the, the answer always is it depends. So I would like that as a job um, or um, as an employer, but I also can see that some of the best individuals in the market they're very rarely those that are actively on the market that need to go looking for a job. So they're not going to do that. And that's where having a good recruiter on hand adds value to them because it saves them time. They don't have the aggravation and they, a good recruiter will do all of that vetting and a bit of networking. They'll kind of almost like a lot of, a lot of my, my, my people that I, I place have become mates or 
recently I, or you know they i've known them for years haven't had anything for them but then i called them up and i'm like oh you said that you were looking for this it's in this location this type of company tick 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 what do you think and then like it's always just about getting the agreement from the individual and just talking to people as people i think that's the biggest thing that gets overlooked in recruitment is like you're dealing with people just talk just talk like it's not how do yeah. i deal talk to a recruiter how do i deal talk to a hiring manager the same way you would talk to anyone else probably <laughs> is the way i look at it yeah i actually had a question for you so hmm. a lot of my students you know we try to help them get hired we've been pretty successful actually um and then after they get about a year of experience recruiters start reaching out to them all that whole thing right uh-huh there are some recruitment agencies like they're not all the same so i i'd like like a micro overview of like the different types because i know there are some that will hire the employee themselves and arbitrage their salary to the sponsor so they're making like mm-hmm. 20 bucks an hour as the vig between yeah what they're receiving and what the employee is receiving. So those employees are getting underpaid. I always warn my students, Hey, if you have no other option, take it. But in a year, just get out because it's not a necessarily a good thing. Like you're, you're leaving this much money on the table. Then there's other agencies that just do like, Hey, just 10% of the yearly salary, 20%, whatever. From what I understand, that doesn't come out of the employee, the, the candidates uh, pocket. So like what are and then what else am I missing? Because I'm not like well, very experienced. Again, on it's like, honestly every question you probably ask me, the the answer could start with it depends because I guess if you look at it this way, any uh, pharma company, biotech, CRO, they've got what is classed as a kind of employee recruitment budget for the year. Now whether they hire someone on an FTE basis and just pay a finder's fee, you know that kind of I, I would say 25 to 30 percent of the person's annual Jeez, um, salary um, <laughs> they pay that in one chunk or they use the other model which is where say myself as Huxley Morton would employ that individual and charge them out on an hourly basis and then just bill weekly or bi-weekly and it's still kind of got that margin on top of it but it's just drip fed so normally that is mm. used for either temporary staff or fixed term contracts. And it's very good for sometimes smaller organizations where they need that flexibility of, I can take people on, can let them go, you know, kind of move, move with the times without having that big one-off price tag thinking, what if this person doesn't work out? So we, uh, I guess mm. uh, for, for, for us, we offer different services. And when I am hiring for people, I normally speak to them and just say, look, what is it you're looking for? What are you trying to achieve? Do you want to go with this service? Do you want to go with that service? And it's a case of what fits best for the the job seeker. It doesn't really make too much difference because that margin effectively is still going there, and it's still coming out of that recruit overall recruitment budget. Mm. Um, and it's not that it gets taken away from the candidate; it normally gets passed on to the employer. So, you know, for for most candidates, the, the re- using a recruiter is technically kind of a free service. Um, Again, I think you just have to be very upfront with what you're looking to make. So certainly yeah. on that contract basis, you know, if you're like, oh, I'm flexible and I'll, I'll you know, uh, some recruiters will try to batter you down 
to increase their margin, knowing that they're already making, they could easily make 25, 30% already. Mm-hmm. If they can squeeze you down another 5%, they're making that extra themselves. Um, but for me, again, I normally try and speak to people normally um, and like it when candidates speak to me normally and just say, look, this is what I'm really targeting. Can we make that happen? And I'll, I'll be honest with you, Emil, you know, if I'm, if it's no longer becoming financially beneficial for me, I will say to them, look, I've got someone else. <laughs> I would rather put them forward or I can put you forward at the, the rate that you want. However, when my margin goes on top, it will make you more expensive to my client than someone else. Up to you whether you want to do it. And I'll just, see, again, just leave the decision with them. It's not, it's that, not for me to say. <laughs> that transparency is missing, though, James. Like you're a unique needle in the haystack at the recruit. I mean, Dan, have you ever heard of this type of a transparent? A recruiter has never said that to me in in my, I mean, have they done that to you? James, I would also like for you, can you talk about why it's, why, why recruiters operate the way they operate? Like you and I discussed, like, why do they mass spam and spray? Why is that their technique versus like, I I think Dan would really like to hear that in his audience would, why is that the go-to? It's the go-to because it's easy and it's profitable. Bottom line, look, money talks. And I, I think I gave you the analogy, right? And I'll do the same with Dan. Like, Dan, if you walk up to a roulette table, you, you can't pick a color. It's You've just got to put down the numbers and you've got, I don't know, just one $10,000 chip, right? You are probably going to place it on your favorite number or something that meaningful for you. It's going to be very targeted, right? Eddie However, Murphy said, "Put it all on black." I think it was Eddie Murphy. <laughs> he did, but you can't. You can't do that. Just can't yet. do that. I've covered that one. <laughs> only the numbers, Dan. So you, oh, only the is, numbers. This, this so is you, a great you, analogy. You you would pick something targeted. If I then said, "Okay, look, you've got five five chips, same same sort of value." Again, it, there'd probably be some strategy to it. It'd be like you, you know your date of birth, whatever. Again, where you live, something meaningful. You would pay attention to what you're doing. But then, if I tapped you on the back and said, "Hey, Dan, you know what?" I'm going to give you unlimited chips. You can fill up the board as you see fit. Don't worry about the losers. Whatever you're putting down, you're still going to win. You would load that board right up to the max, right? Uh-huh. That's exactly what recruiters are doing. If you think yeah. of those chips as direct messages or you know in-mails, they're just throwing them out because they can't lose. They can. When you think about it, they can only win. <laughs> on well. I would argue they can lose in the long term because they keep pissing people off like Robert at scale, right? They're just cutting their chance. Like Robert's just going to block them. And then the next time it won't be that many people getting their messages. And if like only 5% of people behave like Robert or they go out of the way to block somebody, well, their, their pool, you know, they're losing their chips as you play more games. So ultimately you go bust. Unless you win big somehow, but, but yeah, what, what what I think what I think James is trying to say is that you know if you have unlimited chips and really LinkedIn has an unlimited number of resources out there, like what they don't care, like like that recruiter that I block, they're not they're not really losing because there's another ten people coming up in the industry. Wow. You know, ten more people just got promoted from CRC to CRA, or CRAs are going to clinical, ma- you know, team managers or trial managers, it's, and it's so quicker to lose fast than to to research someone's profile. So wow. that's why they do it. I think where you find the people that aren't having that that waste or that 
spillage, as, as I class it in, in my agency, of messaging people that just don't fit is when you've got good recruiters who have been there, they've done the job, they've done the networking, they've spoken to people because they know instantly within two seconds of looking at a profile mm-hmm. whether that message should be sent or not. <laughs> it's yeah. like all recruiters that, that don't know what they're doing that just go, send, 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 send. But why... Oh, one thing ahead, before so like this is for your for your for your audience right so one thing that james completely opened my eyes to and challenged me to rethink is how do you spin that spray and you know that spam and spray into your benefit and favor so one recommendation that james is like he's like he said at the top of the show always say you're interested so seriously for the past week every message i get and obviously the recruiters are not watching the video and they need to be watching this video. I hit, yes, I'm interested. And I go, James, why do I want to do that? He's like, not only are you spitting your favor, but nine, 99.9% of the time when they, when they get that response from you, they're going to go look at your profile and say, oh, wow, I should have never messaged this guy. I'm not even going to waste their time. They don't even come back to wow. you. Just like in James' case, when James says, yes, I'm interested when they were you know, recruiting him for an entry-level recruiting position, those people don't have the balls to come in and say, you know what, here's an owner of an agency. And if they do, James is going to hire that person. Really? That's what I say. For, for me, if, if someone has the balls to say, oh, you know what, I hold my hands up, wasn't looking, I spam this stuff out, but I thought I'd just speak, speak to you just to yeah follow up on my, on my response and follow through and do what i said mm. i was going to do which is contact you i'll be like you know what fair play by the way how how's things going where you are at the moment <laughs> you know right consider a change would you consider coming doing what you do with, um what you're doing but you know working a bit of a smarter wow. way to and, and and then from a candidate perspective if one of those recruiters who who says to me hey robert i have a cra position for you and they have the balls to pick up the phone and say something similar to what James says, I'm not going to hire that person, but I'm going to say, you know what? I like you. I'm going to work with you. Mm-hmm. You owned what you did. You explained, you know, I, I get the tactic, but now you need to prove yourself and work for me and find me something that's actually going to get my attention and help me progress my career forward. Wow. So it works in both ways. So the, the point here for, for the, for the audience is, Use it to your advantage. So I don't, I don't get upset anymore, Dan. I, I don't, it doesn't bother me. Now I just hit, mm. yes, I'm interested. Literally, since James and I talked, every message, yes, I'm interested. Yes, I'm interested. Yes, I'm interested. But James, I do have to say, not a single response after I say the yes, I'm interested. So And again, it's, it's, that, it's that speed thing for you, though, isn't it? Rather than saying, oh, no, I'm, can you not see I'm at this level? I'm not a CRA, blah, blah, blah. It's almost quicker for you to just say, yes, I'm interested and gone. And that helps the algorithm too, because if you ignore the in-mails, that's actually, I heard, not not a good thing from a candidate perspective. Is that correct, James? I'm, you know what, on that one, I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. I know it's not fantastic for the recruiter. <laughs> sure. Um, if it's completely ignored. If you say interested or not, that just means that they get their in-mail credited back. And again, I'm always happy to do that because I'm like, look, you're hustling away at this, not in the best way, but who <laughs> am I to say I'm going to strip you of your in-mail. But I know Karma. Karma. So, right. Yes, yeah, so I'm interested. But again, I'm probably about 100, good... 100 outreaches deep and I've still not landed an entry-level recruitment job. That is game-changing. That's somewhat <laughs> game-changing. Like 
I get approached by recruiters a lot too, and it's never for anything I want. I mean, it's going to be almost impossible for me to like stop doing what I'm doing, but like I get either like very high level offers or like very low level. Like they still think I'm like a research assistant. I'll get, Mm. I don't get like anything in between anymore, but what I do now, I send all that info to all my students. There's like hundreds of my alumni. Some of them are on their third job already. So some of them actually do reach out to these recruiters. Others are just starting out. Usually what I get from my students, especially the new ones is, Hey, you sent me the CTM study director thing. I don't qualify for this. I'm like, no, you don't. But guess what? That recruiter has like a dozen jobs. So go talk to them. And that's I tell the students this all the time. So if you are somebody that um, gets one of these job leads or sees one of these job postings from a recruiter and you, you feel like the job description is out of your league, it probably is. But talk to the recruiter. Because the recruiter might be someone like James who says, you know what, like, I don't have anything for you right now. But once you get a CRC role within six to 12 months, then come talk to me again. That's not that long from now, guys. Six to 12 months is like that in this industry. And I think that, that's, you've nailed it there, Dan. Again, like from, from candidates, I love it when people just say, hey, James, look, you've contacted me about this or that. I'm not suitable because I don't fit for this reason. I, you know, again, because I've want it to be a success and this is one thing that sometimes people overlook and for your audience Mm. recruiters want you to be successful so every time you speak to a recruiter they want you to get whatever job it is that they're approaching you about because you've just heard the potential financial reward they're not trying to grill you they're just trying to position things and find out how they can market you so Almost try and I always say, look, speak to me like I'm a six year old (laughs) and explain (laughs) to me the key benefits or USPs that you have, because I'm going to be your your verbal access to to the Mm -hmm. client. And I don't mind don't mind that because look, I I'm I'm not a clinical research professional. I I have very little idea of how it all works, but I'm amazing at recruitment and I'm like, this is what I need to know in order to transfer that and your energy to my client to then put you in the same room as that person. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a case of, you know, just being there's, transparency all the way through. There's three things that um, we can talk about. I wanted to ask first, like the first thing I wanted to ask was, okay, if if that bulk spamming is so easy to do and it does work, why don't you do it? Number one. Mm-hmm. Like why doesn't James do that? Or do you maybe? We do to not not to the level of just no look, see you later. <laughs> we we have kind of again thinking of, of betting, everyone's gonna think I'm a gambling addict. It's a bit of spread betting. So you have your <laughs> generic messages where you are you're canvassing for general interest, and that will go out on a bit more of a mass level, faster repetitions. And then when you've got a specific job, it then becomes really focused if you're headhunting for a you know, more senior level position, it gets more specific. So again, the answer is always, it depends, but to really get into the rhythm of continuous talent attraction for, for me as an agency, there's got to be a lot of social resourcing kind of, as you said, like being active on, on LinkedIn, being active on YouTube, all of these things. So we get the inbound leads, but then we have to go out to people as well, you know, because out of every hundred people how many do you think are actually 
actively looking there's only a handful mm-hmm. and then there's you know only a handful more that are maybe considering it mm-hmm. then there's a handful more that if you dangled the right carrot they would then consider it 70 percent fully happy in their job so if you just think about the pure numbers you've got to almost have some of your eggs in every single basket in yeah. order to, to have that success it makes sense i have empathy for recruited you know back to when i had a stint as a recruiter like even when there was like us you're gonna go from making 60k a year to making 80k a year it was still a tough sell a lot of the times like people are just afraid of change Mm -hmm. um so that's like you guys have a lot of work cut out for you and also i want to flip this now to the candidates because it's not all recruiter bashing like you know like i said i got empathy for you guys and if you've missed any questions on the bashing side throw them over as you please we will i know robert (laughs) i know robert's got some i know robert's got some more but hold up so i saw yesterday okay speaking of of children i saw your post on linkedin with your son right what's Mm -hmm. his name your son axel axl oh that's awesome name all right so axel you posted I had three no-shows today on Zoom, so what I do, I play with my son, you know, so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter to you, you'd rather be playing with your son anyways. What, do you write off a candidate as soon as they no-show, like, if they don't respond back and just ignore you, like, are they done, like, are you done with them, or, like, how does that work? No, again, it always always depends, I, I wouldn't say, like, blanket, they're done. I, you can normally get a sense for what individuals are like by how they act and their scheduling habits and their communication habits. So if you know if they're a no show and there's just nothing from them, I'll normally send them a, a quick message. Hey, I'm I'm on Zoom. Uh, meeting started. Life happens sometimes. Do let me know if something's cropped up. Happy to rearrange. And normally, whether it's immediately or a little bit after, you know, people will say, oh, thanks so much for being understanding. This happened. <laughs> but if there's Is that the majority nothing, of the time? Like the... That, 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 normally, there's, look, we've all got lives, right? Okay. Um, you know, even, even me as a recruiter, you know, we all have things to do <laughs> outside of work um, and stuff happens. So, like, if someone can justify it, great. If it happens a couple of times, I'm like, look, there's always an issue with, you know, mm-hmm. this individual. I kind of just think if they're like that with me, they're going to be like that with my clients. So I don't yeah. want to put my reputation on the line of backing someone who's maybe missed a couple of calls or said that we can speak at this time and then they they don't show because I'm like I've got no faith in that person by that time. Yeah, yeah I know, so and you have to rely on them. Like <clears throat> back to when I did this, you know, I had to rely on people. Like I would pre-screen them and then. I would set them up with an interview with the real hiring uh, manager and I would like tell them, Hey, please be on time. You know, you're a good candidate, but like I had to rely on them to actually show up. I can't do it for them. Mm. So you're, you're right about that. Like you need to make sure that they're the right, right fit or else that client, like if they don't show up to that client, then they're asking you like, what the heck, who are you sending? The recruiter looks like an idiot. And it's it's like, we get enough stick as it is. I think some of the, the, most frustrating ones talking about letting candidates know what company you're dealing with right i will categorically say (laughs) look i am dealing with this client here's their name i'm working on a retained basis um have you been in contact with any of their staff over the last six months nine months 12 months whatever period i've agreed 
is kind of fair game for me to introduce people from because uh-huh. it's an incestuous market, right? Uh-huh. Um, and they will say, no, James, I've not been in touch with, with this company, never even heard of them. I put them forward for an interview and whether it's the hiring manager, the talent acquisition, the CEO, come back to me and say, James, we interviewed this guy last week. He's a no-go. <laughs> and I'm wow. Like, Are you kidding me? Like, bear in mind, like you, I mean, you can probably see I'm pretty transparent and I generally don't give too many Fs about, you know, saying things how it is. I'm just like, man, are you, like, honestly, I've told you, I've been transparent. I've told you the salary. I've told you actually that we should maybe go wow. for a bit more than what you're looking for. I've told you all this, but because they're looking to use me to get in where they want to work, but can't even tell me that they had interviewed there previously. I was just like, no, look, what is what well, is going on here? That that's so. How do you thing. not how do you not get jaded with just a few of those experiences, and then just say, you know what, like screw it, I'm just going to start mass emailing everybody. Because I don't think mass emailing any everybody would be the answer. Like hmm. I, I kind of I treat people how i treat them because of how i am not because of how they are so it's it happens very rarely and i just think man what is going on here but james i have a, I have a I question for you that's that's how the cycle starts so i just think that i'm not getting involved with that see you later <laughs> yeah james i have a question for you from a candidate mm. perspective right so why is salary such a such a guarded topic number one and number two why i mean i know you've already touched on it but you know i i literally was talking to somebody last week just kind of reconnecting and he's like oh you know my partner they're they're very very guarded with their clients i understand Mm -hmm. you know that you know the sidestep scenario but but why is salary such a secret i mean can you shed any light on that i'm with you it's not it shouldn't be certainly not with a recruiter like if like if, if a candidate if i'm working on a position i need to tell the job seeker what that salary is so that me and him or her can work together in order to close a deal that is good for them and good for the client the recruiter i mean as you can imagine like even like the spread on the salary even if it was i don't know like 50k right you know then you put in the 25% for a billing rate. Then you put in the 30% for, you know, a recruiter's commission. By the time it comes down and then like the difference, what you get in your back pocket after taxes, it makes very little difference to the recruiter. So it's kind of like, look, I just want to know what we need to achieve in order to get a deal that you're happy with and the client is happy with. I don't really care <laughs> what mm-hmm. I get out of it. Mm-hmm. All I care is that it's a mutual win. So and. Is, the salary is it a, sorry, side of things, I always tell people the salary. But like, is it a red flag for like Dan's audience, for people that are looking? Like, I think it is personally, but I'm asking you, is it a mm-hmm. red flag when you, you reach out and you, because for me, you know, when I was looking, you know, and if I ever start to look again, that's like a huge thing I want to be upfront with because if we're, if we're so far apart, you know, I have a family, I have bills, I have a life, I have progression, I have, I have dreams, I have ambitions of where I want to go. And so, you know, to avoid wasting time, you know, you get on a phone, you see, you, you fill out a questionnaire, you have a 30 minute conversation, you have a follow up mm-hmm. conversation. And then, oh, by the way, the salary is X. And you're like, oh, my God, I was making that five years ago, you know? So like, 
my, my question is, is that a red flag that people who are watching this video should be looking out for? What are those red flags that you say, you know what, this is probably a recruiter I should run from? Okay, so two two rules here. If, if it's a recruiting agency recruiter like myself, they should always be telling you what the salary is for a specific job. If they can't tell you at least a ballpark range, that job probably does not exist. They are just building their network mm. so that if they get a job, they know kind of what you're looking for. They're BSing you, man. <laughs> right? gotcha. So that's, they, well, they've, yeah. they've hooked you in with the promise of, a job that does not exist. But at the same time, I always think job seekers should be upfront with a recruiter as to what, not what you're on, don't even care what, you know, what people are making, what you're looking to make. Because if I gave you a dart and said, I need you to hit the dartboard on a specific number, but I'm not going to tell you what it is, you could not hear. So if I know that someone's looking for, I know, 100, 150, 200, I'm not going to contact them about jobs that are paying, you know, less than that. Because it's a waste of my time, it's a waste of their time. So with a recruiter, be up front. And if they can't be up front, it just means they're BSing you and they don't actually have a position. Yeah. And therefore, I wouldn't necessarily trust them. And if they, if that happens a couple of times, massive red flag. If you're going direct and dealing with a talent acquisition or recruiter in-house, they should always know the salary. So yeah. don't play your cards as to what you're looking to make. Let them make the first move. And do you recommend having that conversation in the front of the of the of the introduction for me it's always hey tell me what the base salary is for this role and then if that number satisfies me we can start move move along this discussion or is that not the right is that not the right play with a recruiter get out in the open as early as possible it saves everyone time like exactly. if someone comes to me and says that i'm looking for a senior pm job it's got to be 200,000 or it needs to be sponsor side oncology focus or don't waste my time i'm like fantastic Remote, I'm guessing, perfect. Don't have anything at the moment. I know what you're looking for. Keep in touch. If you see me advertising that you think is suitable, that you think I've overlooked you for, let me know. Normally, I'll then go back to them and say, it's only paying X. That's why I've not contacted you. Like, you know, whereas if it's with an internal recruiter, I would, normally they should advertise the approx salary, but I would always be trying to create value first in the first interview before closing off that first interview with kind of getting a feel for, for what they are at least looking to pay as a ballpark. So I, you know, you could just say, look, you know, I will offer X, Y, and Z. What are typically, you know, what are your current people making in this sort of position? Like mm -hmm. ask lots of questions around it rather than the direct, how much money does it pay directly to the hiring organization? Because then you can get labeled as, they're just in it for the money. Recruiters yeah. don't care because a lot of recruiters are themselves. But if you're going direct, I would be a little bit more kind of standoffish with it to create the value and almost test the water with lots of sub little questions well, until I... they, they make the first move of, okay, well, we're looking at this. And then, again, don't say whether you're interested in it or not. Hold back and then just try and create some more value so that you can go over the top. <laughs> yeah, what I always say is I'm like, hey, take a look at my credentials, take a look at my you know experience. What does a candidate like me, what would your client offer a candidate like me with my level of experience? Sometimes I twist it along that and then they come back with a you know some type of a number or whatever. But okay, that, that that's really good, really, really good advice. I think this has been super eye-opening. I love it. Yeah, yeah there's a lot of good advice. Scenarios, different scenarios.
especially for the candidates, like I only have, I have very limited experience looking for jobs myself between 2014 and 2019. I was a contract CRA, um, very part-time, but I was working with basically at that time, like I was answering any recruiter that reached out to me. So I did talk to, I remember three of them at once. And two of them were I would consider good, like value add to me, and one was not. And the one that was not, I I feel like they were playing an arbitrage game because their numbers were way off from what the other two were were telling me for like similar jobs. But the the good ones, the ones that added value, you know, they would tell me, hey, you know what? This one they're offering eighty five an hour uh, from door to door. They would explain to me what all that meant, and then they would say, this one's ninety five. But don't necessarily think it's better because from our experiences, this is what happened with our with our other candidates who work there. Like it's more of a high stress environment. They would walk me through this stuff. And I felt like that was value add. Like they actually know what they're talking about. Whereas the other guy was just doing some arbitrage thing. I was like, all right, no thanks. But the other two, you know, they were like basically coaching me for mm. the for the jobs that they would find. So I think like when you talk about red flags. Just look at how custom do they get for you. And like the more experience you have, the more customized they should be able to get, like the more tailored they should be able to be for you. That's, yeah, I think you're, you're, you're spot on there. And again, it's, it's like recruiters are there to present options. Mm-hmm. You feed in your information and then they say you can do X, Y, and Z. Present the option, mm-hmm. then you decide whether you want to go ahead with it. That's kind of how it how it works in, in my opinion really and i guess the better ones are just sharper like they know immediately kind of they know the problems you're maybe facing and not the solutions that they can offer like for me every single senior pm that i speak to just talks about burnout hours managing too many studies so the conversation i have is the same pretty much every time but i need to know where they want to work how much travel how much kind of money, how mm. much PTO, what's important to them. So that when the opportunities come in, I can say, okay, does that fit? No. <laughs> does that fit? No. And sometimes it's, it's something it's, I've been in contact with. I think, I think last year I placed a guy that I had been in contact with for eight years. Wow. Just going back and forth on text and stuff. And I finally had a position for him. He was like, I was like, it was, like, was like, is it good to get me off your books? I was like, yeah, something like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> for now, for now. But like, that's just how it goes. Because I and I'd sent him so many opportunities in the past. He was like, James, not for me, not for me. Mm. Kind, almost there, almost there, almost there. But you know, when it when it came up, my I turned it around for a client in like a week. They had been looking for four months. <laughs> you know, I built that up. I thought this was going to be a bashing recruiter thing, but it's turning into a love fest because <laughs> I think because I'm of you, sorry, James. I'm sorry. Let's go no, back. No, let, no, 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 no. We've done enough bashing. We've yeah, done enough bashing. I want to continue the love fest. So while you're talking, I'm thinking, okay, you know how like the big CROs, they all have their own recruiters, right? Like you have mm-hmm. PPD, Akivia, and a bunch of drug companies do. They have like their own in-house recruiters. Yeah. On the surface, as a candidate, you're like, all right, that's cool. You know, I kind of feel like maybe they're less salesy, less sleazy. But then you get someone like James who works with anybody, right? Any client. I'm sure you've had the clients for your candidates. Yeah, too, but... within reason. They, I mean, they've got to pass the, you know, 
all you like you're not going to recruit but, you're not yeah. going to recruit for Theranos, but you're you're working with like <laughs> legit legit clients, <laughs> all right? I actually think as a candidate, I've never given this any thought until this interview. I would actually trust you over an a dedicated recruiter for one company because you have the insight to tell me, hey, I don't have a dog in the fight. These are both companies I represent. I honestly think this one is better for you. Where you're not going to get that at a CRO. They're going to they're exactly. just trained to tell you, no, you know what? PPD is like the only way. The only way is through us. Dan, I need to get you on commission. You're running my sales pitch here. <laughs> I just thought of it. I mean, this is exactly like, oh, Dan, you're right on the money. I mean, you, but, you, yeah, you no, I couldn't you agree more. It. And that's, yeah. that's, so that's, I think that's there's brilliant. a value. I think capitalism is winning again because, all right, there's a place for the PPD. Like if you're a candidate, you really just want to work at PPD or Ikevia, you know where to go. But if you're not sure, a lot of these candidates they don't know the names of these companies like who they should be working for but james might know like no there's a company called uh bio splice you've never heard of them but they're amazing i think you should work there that's a huge value add to me as a candidate mm. and i think with with the internal folks that i work with i work with them a lot some of them are very transactional others are amazing and you again with, with them it should always be how passionately do they talk about the company? And for, for candidates looking in your, your audience, ask them what they think it's like working there because mm. they work there. They've chosen to work there. They've taken the job there. I ask them, look, what is it like working at PPD or, you know, Icon? What, what's, it, what's it like since, you know, the, the, the changes have happened? Have you noticed much? Ask the questions to them. They're, they're, mm. they're living it every day. And they're still in your network, right? You're allowed to reach out to them after they're hired. Mm. Like, are you, are as a recruiter, are you still allowed to communicate with them once they've been placed somewhere? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't see that there's anything illegal okay. with, with that. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I keep in touch with with yeah pretty much everyone that I've I've placed. You know, um, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm I'm fishing for recommendations and referrals, which I think is fair enough. If you've done a good job, you're allowed to mm. ask for it. Um, <laughs> other time but again i'm normally honest about it i'm like look hey if could you do me a recommendation it really helps me out <laughs> wow Just lay your cards on the table i don't you don't i don't think you ever need to lie about anything you just if you just talk straight and just say it how it is that's all you need to do and that's that's kind of why i started my own agency because i got frustrated with all of the bs that it seems that you gents have suffered with recruiters because look you're right it does happen recruiters blast out mass emails they blast out messages that mean nothing they do boolean searches and run down to page 50 on linkedin searching for cras and all of a sudden they're hitting ad's ceos all sorts of stuff and they're messaging them about cra gigs all of this stuff that you've mentioned happens but it's normally junior recruiters that don't necessarily know what they're doing yet and they're so highly pressured by their bosses or that mm. dangle of of the big paycheck is is just playing on them so much that they they feel pressured to to do it because it's the easy option again if you think that roulette table your job's on the line you've only got a month to perform your boss has told you if you don't bill something in the next month you're out the door you are throwing those chips yeah they'll go however they'll however on there. however james i did share with you confidentially that screenshot of that vp true remember 
So I mean, so I mean, again, I, there's always that. Exci- I just want to, you know, sorry to be, the, sorry to put that in there, but hey, you know, I what gotta, happened? What happened? Do you got to tell us now? Yeah. So, so a vice president of a recruiting agency reached out to me for a CRA role, and awesome. I sent it. And I sent it. I sent her, you know, a screenshot to James. Obviously, I redacted his name, but I left the title there because, you know, I said, James, what gives? You know, he, he didn't really, he, he was just like, man, that's, that's crazy. I'm really surprised on that one. So, you know, <laughs> I, I would say 99% is like James said, the junior recruiters who are doing exactly precisely what James said, you know, you have a month to produce, yeah. they have a quota, it's sales at the end of the day, right? In a sense. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, but, but then there's always, you know, then there's those, you know, maybe he's the, maybe he's a VP of a two person company. I don't know, but sure. Anyways, well, it, it, you know, even those high level people are still sending out these, these blasters, you know, as a candidate, you can tell who, I mean, I think like resonates with like, and that's why we like James a lot. What, one last thing for me, James, and then maybe if Robert wants to bash more, maybe give love fest, <laughs> we can go either way. But I, yesterday, yesterday I had a re- job recruiter reach out to me, but not to get me hired. They're like, you know what? I'm fed up with recruiting. I'm trying to do patient recruitment. And I'm like, oh, that's a good idea. Um, find a site local in your area. And they said, well, why do I have to do local? Uh, don't I just find the sites on clinicaltrials.gov? And I said, look, you got a lot to learn. Like, yes, you can do that. But sites are so jaded by patient recruiters that they're not going to talk to you if you don't have a proven strategy. They'll trust you maybe more if you're local. But you can't just like do this at scale when you've never done this before. But do you think, I don't know how much you know about patient recruitment. Maybe Robert's better to answer this one. Do you think a a good job recruiter who maybe wants a change can do good at patient recruitment? Because I think the one thing maybe harder than job recruiting in this industry is patient recruitment. What do you guys think? It probably is a better question for Robert. Again, I don't understand patient recruitment enough to answer that. You know, so, Dan, that's yeah. a whole that's a whole nother podcast. I mean, that's a whole nother hour <laughs> conversation. That is, you know, because honestly, I mean, for for me, we've we've used, you know, at my current company, we've we've engaged two very well known patient recruitment services for for some studies, and an utter complete disappointment. And the money <laughs> that was spent, I'm talking in the millions. Um, was just, you know, I, I, I feel bad actually for even engaging these companies because it was such an utter waste of resources. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I, I think I, I really personally off the top, I'll just say it like this, it's apples and oranges. I don't think yeah. there's any, there's any consistencies between job recruiting and patient recruiting. I think it's night and day. I agree. I agree. But this person thinks it's my the luck same. In it. This person thinks it's the same. So I'm trying to tell them like, okay, like if that's what you feel like doing, do it. But you're going to have to start. Like if you're, if you've mastered job recruitment, like you're going to have to go back to the bottom of the hill and start climbing exactly. again for patient recruitment. Yeah. There's some transferable skills, sales, go getter, all that stuff, biz dev organization, sales sure. funnels, but it's, it's, it's different. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to ask you guys, cause this person asked me and obviously they watch. Yeah. Go. Cool. Well, thank you, guys. Anything else? Let's bash recruiter one more time, Robert. I know you got no, a good one. Left. I want to. I want to. I want to keep it positive. Biggest, I want to keep it is, positive. What is your biggest frustration for me? It is probably the immediate connection, followed by 
hey, can we just have a 15 minute chat to discuss some synergies? And I'm I like, I hate that. I hate that shit. About what? I and mean, it's not from recruiters either. It's give mostly not from recruiters. Or just, or just leave it. Like, I'd rather have like a cold hard sales pitch straight off the bat than just a half hearted, can I chat to you because I want to know what the weather's like in San Diego today? No. <laughs> yeah, I hate that shit. I, text, I texted Robert um, a screenshot I got yesterday. And they're, these are, to give recruiters their first, this, these are usually not recruiters. Recruiters are usually more straightforward. Like, hey, are you looking? This is what I have for you. These biz dev people from tech companies are the worst. Hey, can we pick your brain and go through our pitch deck? Or like yesterday, the one I sent to Robert is like a word salad of like $10 words. A whole sentence unreal. of $10 words. I don't understand what the hell they're writing. I read it three times. It was a par- It was literally a paragraph with commas, no periods. It was literally six, like 50 words. I mean, I, I like read buzzwords, it. My, all buzzwords. Yeah, I read it myself because Dan's like, I, I don't even understand what this person is saying. I read it myself five times. I'm like, you know what? I, I can't even. This gave me a headache. Yeah, I, what I, would I do a Zoom with you? You just yeah. do like an hour of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't don't go using my tactic on that one. So just be clear: if it's a recruiter, say yes to everything. If it's not, uh, do exactly. not say yes. Otherwise, yeah, they no. will be on Zoom with you. They will be on <laughs> Zoom. No, no, I'd rather do a podcast with you guys a hundred times out of a hundred. But thank you so much, James, Robert. Um, I will put links to both of your LinkedIn's underneath. You're both gonna get reached out by a bunch of people, um, and uh, let's all make connections and network in the good way. Right. Just like James Absolutely. and Robert did. James. Absolutely. They didn't know each other. And then they found each other on LinkedIn and boom, you know, now they know yeah, each I, other. I got love for, for, for recruiters like James, just know that. So if you, you know, if you're above board and you're, and you're a straight shooter, and even if you're not, and you want to, you know, pick my brain, <laughs> let's, let's chat. I love chatting with people. I have a lot of uh, junior level people that reach out to me and I mentor them and, jump on zooms with them. So I'm happy to do that for anybody, anybody that I can help, um, you know, in the industry, Dan students, not Dan students, um, you know, please reach out. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Everybody like subscribe, comment, share, go follow these two, go connect with them and we'll catch y'all later. Bye-bye.